0: And welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book. I do the review and stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. Joining me today, like normal, is Juliana. Say hello, Juliana.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: And uh, this uh, today we're going to be talking about a book which came out, I was going to say this year, but actually it came out last year.
1: Oh, but I so started... in 2021?
0: 2021. So okay. what we can say is, uh, hello, everybody, Happy New Year!
1: Happy New Year! On the last
0: episode, we were talking about uh, another book, and we recorded it on New Year's Eve. Yes, we did. Which was good fun. Uh, we were talking about *All Judgment Fled* by James White, and I was wanting to credit the person who actually re- remembered which book or worked out what book it was and showed me. He it was someone on Twitter. Uh, well, I did find it after finishing the podcast. Uh, <laughs> the only actually the only way I could find it was just searching for *All Judgment Fled* on twitter and oh. then looking through every single mention oh, right. of that book on twitter yes it's not an overly mentioned book anyway it was simon beresford um he said it was back in may 19th i was surprised no one told you the title of your forgotten book i'm pretty sure it's all judgment fled by james white so yes now uh, an episode late credit to simon beresford uh so thank you. Beres, beresford <laughs> um and it's not even simon it's simeon beresford i'll get it right at some point <laughs> you i just will. i just reread sure. the name again um I did credit him in the episode description. I
1: saw that. Oh, I saw good. that. Yeah.
0: Um you're still reading a book called um uh, Hell's Park. Hell's you? Park,
1: Hell Park, Hell's whatever it is. Park yes. And Hell's Park. I'm still reading it. Going okay? yeah it's entertaining enough for you know a book that I read just before falling asleep
0: all right well, we'll maybe uh, probably won't do another podcast about that I've got a feeling that the next book that I review is going to be something in common but we'll do that next weekend or something uh, I actually finished reading the book we're going to be oh look here's the picture of Old Judgment Fled that yeah it's I found. quite horrific and yeah. the,
1: one of the uh, one of the yeah book covers tentacle aliens Blah. yeah
0: I'm, I'm, I realize that's not the best cover if you want people to read it because no. everyone's <laughs> just thinking it's going to be aliens uh, or aliens <laughs> alien kind of thing which is yeah it turns out what it is um anyway so let's close that down um what i want to uh what i want to uh, uh talk about today is a is a book which i started reading well this came on my radar last year because one of our uh, patreon supporters sid um reviewed it on his one of one of his attempts at coming up with a podcast and doing a podcast yep. where he talks about science fiction books uh he's been mentioned a few times here uh, on the podcast, and he even appeared on one of the podcasts. Anyway, so he um, did a test, like a uh, uh, what do you call it? Like a pilot episode of a of a podcast, yes. Where um, he, as a um, professor in uh, in what is it, AI and data d- analysis, and... Yeah. and-
1: Stuff like that. And artificial
0: intelligence. He talked about a book which was about artificial intelligence and stuff, and he wanted to concentrate on a book like that. And the book that he picked out to do one of these, uh, to do this review episode, was Machinehood by S.B. Divya. Um, It's a novel that came out, let me just look at it here, yeah, published March 2nd, 2021. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The other reason I picked it out now at the end of the year because uh, Goodreads was pestering me uh, to vote in the Goodreads Choice. Um, awards. So let me just quickly look over here. <laughs> D- so did good- you? No I didn't um, <laughs> because the Goodreads Choice Award winners were uh, decided by voting open to all members of Goodreads the Goodreads Choice Award are the only major award uh, chosen by readers. There's 20 different categories and the winners were uh, Daughters of the Deep Rule of Wolves uh, which I guess won the... Uh, I, I don't know There's, these are actually all all the winners let me go down here. So the book that won the best science fiction book was Project Hail Mary. I right. think a book that we on the science fiction book review podcast give gave one stars it was i know it was definitely mentioned i think what well, i think it was mentioned in the worst books that i'd read in 2021 <laughs> right. when we we're doing well, just that click on
1: end. it and you will see what what our what your rating was
0: no oh. i'm saying that like um last week uh oh actually let me let me go here we actually mentioned it um oh no the the books that that were in our bottom three books were uh, in the quick, Ganthe- Grand Theft Astro, The Last Astronaut, and Phoenix Extravagance. So mm. it, I think it just scraped out. It was just just on the outside of the three or four worst books that I read. Anyway, that's that's the kind of book that um, uh, the is good enough to win. Which on, is
1: uh, really interesting because it's it's um, thinking back of that book. Well, I have some really positive feelings towards the alien and the encounter and the whole thing. It's yeah, funny.
0: Except that it just loops over and over and over. There's a problem. I get some bugs. Yes, there, some know, proto I know, I know, molecule I know. to save it. I know
1: what. It, I know the, the issues with the book. Yeah. Okay. But I still have some positive
0: yeah so anyway uh, Machinehood was listed as one of the science fiction award nominees yeah so I so I was like oh that's a book that I want to read and after a little bit of faffing around with Audible they couldn't they were trying to charge me a negative amount negative one cent for me to buy the book (laughs) so there were some issues there but I finally managed to spend a credit on Machinehood and and started listening to it Uh, I finished it about a week ago no like last last Monday or Tuesday I finished it, it is it a long book it's not a long book I've got it up here here on audible um here it's called uh, it, it's it's uh, it's uh 11 hours and 40 minutes um, Okay, is so not that long yeah. but you know a, a chunky a chunky book yeah um i have mixed feelings about this book okay there is a lot to like in this book yes however i found how it was written or the choices the author was making as it go as they went through quite infuriating And so I want to go through some of these points. But first of all, um, this is a first novel by somebody. And as I was reading it through, I think I actually mentioned this to you at some point. I was like, this is somebody's first novel. I couldn't understand how the novel as it was, Mm -hmm. was published as it was. It felt like somebody's first attempt, not even just someone's first published novel. It felt like someone's first attempt at writing a novel. Okay. So there's there's good and bad in this. There's good and bad in this because I've talked to you I've talked many times on the podcast that I often like someone's first published novel because they can put in all the good ideas and all the, and crazy, I, stuff yeah,
1: and all the crazy stuff. Yeah, all the crazy stuff they want, it. but also
0: an idea that they've had stewing in the back of their head for maybe five, ten years. Right. Like, you've been thinking, oh, I want to do this kind of story. Stewing, yeah. stewing, stewing, stewing. And then you get that story out. I say this because the first novel that I wrote was uh, is, is like that for me. You know, mm-hmm. it was a story that if I look back through my notes, I first tried writing in, like, 2001. And then I tried writing it again in 2003. And right. then I tried writing it again yeah. in 2007. And then I finally wrote it in 2008. Okay, And it had a story idea that I've I'd been stewing for a long time. And I could still just throw loads of stuff in there. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not saying it's a bad thing that somebody has got lots of great ideas in their first novel. My issue with this is that this book is is screaming out for an editor to say look <laughs> there are some fantastic ideas in this yeah. you know all of the good stuff which I normally like all of the um uh, yeah like that verve and enthusiasm and just putting loads of stuff in the book because you you as a new author you're not afraid of running out of ideas because you've got an idea it just goes in good. the yeah. book it goes yeah, in yeah, yeah. the novel all of that is there in, is present in this book but i was oft i was also wondering how was this book the version of this book that got published
1: okay so does it, is it feel, does it feel more like uh, it hasn't been Going through editing, well, or... th-
0: and so what I did, as I said, how is this even? How did this author even get published? Where did this pu- author come from to get published? It and so um, I, I even mentioned it. I think I mentioned it to you. I was like, hey, what is what is it about this? And it turns out, and I'm not saying this is the reason this book got published, mm-hmm. but it says here, SB Divya um, is uh, is a, uh, a the Hugo and Nebula nominated author of Runtime and co-editor of Escape Pod with Mer Lafferty. Um, So she's, she's one of the people on the inside of the publishing industry of the science fiction publishing industry. She's a long term editor of a uh, of a podcast which publishes other people's science fiction.
1: Oh. And I'm not
0: saying that's the reason why this book, that she's that, that she's not a good writer or anything. I just want to say it felt like a book that was that managed to get published because somebody already has a following right. for not being a, an author or a novelist okay. but has managed to get. And there was another one as well uh, that I started reading and it was by, I can't remember what the the author's name, and I started reading and I was like, mm, not really doing anything for me. And then I looked it up. I was like, oh, it's somebody who is, has a massive, you know, Know, a, a massive following on YouTube and a massive mm. following, you know, and she's got like three thousand, four thousand, you know, Patreon uh, supporters. Okay. Yeah. And so, if someone who's it's like already, a head
1: start, yeah, in that respect. no. It,
0: the thing you can do is if even if you don't have a publisher or an agent or anything like that, and just say, look, I am somebody who already has, mm-hmm. you know, it's the it's the ten thousand dedicated fans or the one thousand dedicated, whatever the number is. Yeah. Yeah. That you if you keep these people happy, if you if you have fans from one area and yeah. then you say, hey, I'm gonna do This and people support you all through the writing of it to you know finish the writing and then say here it is.
1: They are going to support your projects because they want to support you.
0: Yeah, it's it's an easy way, but it's also an easy way to like a a publisher be going oh yeah I'll I'll publish your book. Mm. You have already how many people listen to the escape pod podcast, you know, how many, how many people read Scott Meyer's uh, comic, you know, basic instructions comic. And he says, Hey, I've got a science fiction book out. And I'm like, great, I'll read a science fiction book. And I I went along and did it. Now this might seem disconnected from the book itself. The setup for the book itself is a world where we kind of post-scarcity Kind of book that mm-hmm. this is the, the 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 machinehood book. Yeah, a lot of that book is based around people working in a in the uh, you know tip jar gig economy. So you do work tip
1: jar gig. Well, economy. so
0: the main character is somebody who has a job are yeah. and that she's a personal bodyguard for mm. uh, you know uh, what they call the funders in other words rich people who right. fund projects okay um who happen to have lots of money but and then what people but there's always these mini drones that are flying around everybody's micro drones which are about the size of insects just swarms of them flying around everybody all the time okay and so she is also like a life streamer kind of person mm. she like people set their some of packet of drones to follow her so oh. they can and constantly oh, see. see her yeah. and because she's a bodyguard if something happens to her mm. it happens in public mm. but then if they like how she responds to it like she does mm. a cool move or some good style or does something this is her name is Velga um uh of velga olga has her name but the, the the kid brother couldn't pronounce it and said velga so then she becomes <laughs> velga um okay. so olga slash velga is uh like she's someone who and and everyone in this world set in like uh like nine and ninety five, like 2095 so okay you know many years ahead yeah um They, uh, if you like it, you just put some money in the tip jar. So it's sort of like Twitch streaming, Patreon, all that kind of stuff. But like, like on steroids, like everybody can see what anybody is doing at any time. And if you have a tip jar and do something that which is, is relevant to people, money will come to you. Okay. Um, because there's not a lot of opportunity there's no like corporations or like the corporate corporations don't have the hold on people that normally people but it does mean lots of people are living in poverty and lots of people are uh, like if you if you have to take drugs to do your job better there's no workers benefits there's no restrictions drug companies are just doing whatever they want mm-hmm. and all these other companies just do whatever they want it's very and it's a weird one because some people I looked at some reviews and Puma said oh this is a very like um uh, uh, science fiction optimist. It's like an optimist. What, what? Let me have a look at this quote that I picked out here. Rick on Goodreads says, "'Science fiction optimism to the fore and a good balance against all the dystopian futures I've been reading lately.'" For me, this uh, this feels very dystopian, like the world does? that is set up to be like, hey, this is the world that is at risk. I was like, hmm, yeah, I would be up for risking this world because it seems it's good if you have a job which is exciting and famous, but yeah. nobody gives you a tip jar if, if your job is like, you know, reading through stuff and making sure some technical diagrams are mm-hmm. correct. Like one of the characters in the book reads through like medical applications and tries things finding things in for a company okay and uh but there's no benefit so if she doesn't keep doing that job like if she gets pregnant and can't keep taking the drugs or the body modification pills to be able to do the job well right because she's because you can't use them if you're pregnant um she just loses the job and mm-hmm. there's no there's no sick pay there's no nothing like that so everyone okay. lives at this like subsistence level and yeah. the only way to get a, a foot up is to be sponsored by one of the funders in other words one of the the baked in rich people right. who have the money to go around yeah. so or this, for doing this kind of
1: society stuff. helps you if you are on the correct side of it and uh for the people who are not it's hard and dystopian. Well,
0: it's dystopian even for the people who are benefiting it. If like Velga, um, Velga, our main character, you have to Wellga, maybe it's Welga. I think that's how it's pronounced. Yeah. And um, she has to take so much so much like she is like killing herself taking enough drugs to keep working as oh, okay. a, as a security guard. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um I had the the one thing that immediately to me felt some like very horrific things is that um currently if you have a drone they're mm-hmm. making awful noises now i rem- now i'm thinking how would that be if these drones but it's just way smaller like but more of them
0: don't, don't around
1: you the whole time i would go crazy
0: no but like there's my, maybe a fly in this room at the moment but we don't notice it because it's just a fly no No, some flies you don't notice. How about spiders? You don't know. They don't make any noise. Look, I'm not going to... I can't now talk (laughs) about the technical aspects of this because...
1: That was just One of my, my
0: negative points about the book is the author doesn't care about any of those. Okay. But I'm fine with an author not caring about the technical details of a book if that's not what the book is about. Okay. Like I say, the ideas in this book are, uh, to me, the int- more interesting things. This world that's created, what's it like to live in this gig economy? Yeah. I don't know how people talk about this as a, as a, as a you know, optimistic future or whatever, or as a counter dystopian. For me, it's a complete dystopia. One of the interesting things I find about this, and this is to be my point about, you know, how does somebody uh, like leverage support in one direction to go in another direction? That's what the, that's also what happens in this book. You know, having a following of people who are fans of yours, yes, makes your life easier. Yeah. It's in the book and I'm not saying that's how this book was published but it seems suspicious that this book managed to get published and (laughs) also the author happens to be uh, a Hugo and Nebula Award winning editor or author. I can't remember. Anyway, so... Yes,
1: and also you are currently being supported by uh, a certain amount of people. Yeah, thank you who very much for our Patreon the, supporters. Like again, the I'm not it's,
0: saying one of these no, no, things no, is bad, but none but of these things is good. I think that's quite funny. This this the tip jar gig economy kind of thing, like there are ways that this can be good, you know. Yeah. I actually think that is a is a good way for the world to work, especially in creative fields.
1: Absolutely. And I think
0: creative fields should be should be supported by people who directly Enjoy the author or benefit from the author. Yeah, um, that's the way. You know, th- that's why I like Patreon. That's why, like, I like supporting like p- other podcasts that I listen to. I have like I always like every month. I normally give at least one podcast I listen to. You know, five dollars or ten dollars. Uh, often because then they'll have some exclusive content, which then I can <laughs> go to the Patreon in. and yeah. get or you know whatever uh, yeah. thing that you do. And there's a few podcasts that I kind of loop loop around and mm-hmm. check out and have supported. You know, and that's yeah. what I've been doing for the last few. Few years because again as someone who's a podcaster who has a patron i think it's it's right for me to also feed some of that money back into the creative uh, patron slash uh, memberful or whatever yeah. these other kind of uh, systems that there are out there and i always so. think
1: that um for an artist if you just know there's a certain amount of money mm. um, and you don't need to worry about that yeah. you can be more creative yeah
0: it's like it's like uh, getting the MacArthur Genius Grant. You're yeah. like, oh great! So I've just been I'm given settled. half a million dollars. I just happened to watch a video, my, one of my own video essays back, which is about the uh, the, uh, motion, uh, the motion the motion triangle, triangle and the Kennedy cone and stuff. Because somebody just now posted on a three year old video essay of oh, mine. Oh, did they? Yeah, that's funny. And, and I was talking about before, like, oh yeah, yeah. Like you can come up with an invention, and the MacArthur Grant literally says. Um, you without having to worry about financial return you can create something for the good of society and humanity Mm -hmm. and of course i bring that up in the video and say that the macarthur grant is half a million dollars and i think it was jay gilligan was replying um oh yeah but uh, michael motion didn't get half a million dollars because back then he only got two hundred thirty-five thousand dollars and as if that's a refutation of the like <laughs> yeah. me me saying, Yes. And so the thing that he created, yeah. he doesn't need more money for the thing that he's created or more financial return for that, because he's creating something for the benefit of the humanity society. and society.
1: Yeah.
0: And and then that's like the oh, no. But he didn't get five hundred thousand dollars for that. He only got a quarter. he didn't get half a million dollars for that. He got a quarter of a million dollars for that. So you should he should be financially rewarded if you do some juggling influence by him. Anyway, apart from all of that, copyright. Uh, so <laughs> it, it, yeah, yeah, the copyright, copywriting juggling tricks uh-huh. is so incredibly dumb to me. That entire yeah. idea. Yeah. Either way, I again, it's I'm not saying that people the gig economy. Well, I keep saying the gig economy. The gig economy meaning um, no long term benefits from anyone. No nothing. You know, like. Uh, uh, not having work security and all those other kind of things I think is, is bad and is toxic, but could work if there's universal basic income? Yes, and if there is universal basic income, I think that people who do artistic work should, should be should have to find their own audience for uh for extra funding or should yeah. should be able to rely on this things. but anyway either way
1: there are ways to make this actually uh, a, a positive thing yeah but what i want to say like is that. this
0: about this book though yeah about this book is that it is positing some of these things and sometimes i'm thinking it's positing the positing positing these things as a positive right and then other times it's presenting them and then i'm like no but now we are in a hellish dystopia okay um And that kind of happens throughout a lot of the book. And I was never sure if it was an author being um, secure enough in the world building to be able to present these things without too much judgment. And Mm -hmm. then you're like, and, you know, and what do you think? This is just the world I'm building. And I don't want to have to judge too much one way or the other.
1: Right. And that can
0: be done. That Mm -hmm. can be done. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, we watched that movie. What was the one that the the summit of the gods? It was about mountaineers. Yes. And it was it it came down pretty clearly to say that if you want to climb this at the top of Mount Everest and kill yourself doing it, Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It it was very clear that it says if you put other people's lives at risk, that's a bad thing. Yes. And that was made clear. But then the actual, should people be allowed to climb mountains until they kill themselves? Is that good or is that bad? And the movie didn't, for me, didn't seem to make a judgment about that.
1: It felt quite like an observing point of view. Yeah.
0: However... I think that's the in that case, it was a sign of a movie which knew what it was about based on a comic book series, which also knew that that was what it was examining. Yes. In the case of machinehood, it felt like that sometimes swinging from is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Oh, I'm not. We're not even going to comment on if this is good or bad. It felt to me like immature writing that she just wanted to put something in the book and had an idea and wanted to talk about it but there there wasn't it was like the lack of judgment felt immature rather than in control okay which is a, a, it's again, that's my reading of it. Mm-hmm. And it's a very subtle reading of it, but that's how it felt like. Okay. It felt some of the things in the book and how they were presented found, felt unexamined.
1: Right. It, do you but have they a...
0: made me think about it, which was the good part, you know.
1: Okay. But do you have like a, a little bit more of a concrete example of what that meant?
0: Let me have a look through, uh, through this, uh, my notes. Do I have something in my notes, which is an example of that? um okay so um when i don't know it's just one of those things that like um in a book somebody can like there's this thing i don't know a book which i um uh one of the one of the the classic uh, science fiction book review podcast books which was hominids right uh, um, the big by, rant uh, book by whoever wrote hominids yes who who was it i don't know I know. But I do know he's Canadian. Um, okay. <laughs> whoever the Canadian author who's writing hominids, right at the start, one of the there's a there's a um a character Oh, it might have been hominids. No, I think it wasn't hominids, it was um the one about God or something, calculating God. Same guy. Um he wrote calc- and at the start, the main character does a, a character he does a judgment of somebody else's character right and someone says something it, you know it was something about either a noble gas or maybe there was another one. Oh, i remember it was um someone used the word irregardless mm-hmm. uh and the judgment of the person who said th- like who reacted to the word irregardless uh irregardless apparently not being an english word It's either regardless, yeah, I just I couldn't pinpoint. No, what's the other word? It's um,
1: regardless. Yeah, regardless or something
0: irrelevantly. No, I don't know. Uh, Either way, but that the that the author put into the mouth of the the main character yes. to be so sneeringly snobbishly grammar nazi and it's literally says in the book and because they use the word irregardless i don't respect their intelligence or their judgment in any way at all okay and i was like fuck you you know and you're like ah the author thinks they're putting something in the book which is interesting and good or whatever like about the character that makes us identify with them but it actually distances me from liking the character or wanting them to succeed like When a character does that, I actively want them to fail in life and I want bad things to happen to them because that's how I would react. And I say that as someone who is like overly hypercritical about everything and people probably listen to me and go, wow, how can you be so critical? (laughs) I'm not being critical of people's speech or mannerisms. I'm being critical of their published work Mm. as someone who you know wants to give someone five stars. In this book, Welga, our main character, is driving along and some people happen to inconvenience her in some way, mm-hmm. and she says, "Oh, maybe I should just run them over and kill them." Yeah, maybe not, or something like that. And I my eyebrow's just uh, like like what? yours just did, just jumped off the top of my head. I'm like, "Whoa." Like wh- who what what is the purpose of this line in this book? Mm. Is it meant to me meant to make me like the main character? Is it more like, oh, don't we all feel this way when we're driving? That if someone slightly aggravates us, we want to kill them with the weapon that is our car. No. And I'm like, no, that isn't me. I am to a fault, to Juliana's constant annoyance when I'm driving and she isn't, I'm like the I am the most defensive slowest, let everyone go ahead of me, if something happens, slow down as much as possible take the widest thing, if someone's revving, I will literally slow the car down pull over, let the crazy person drive ahead of me until I can't see them anymore and then I'll rejoin the road to be as far away from any aggro, that's the person that I am And I'm like triggered by people who joke about killing people in their cars Mm. and in this book. And again, this was just this wasn't meant to be the main point, but it felt unexamined. Mm -hmm. Like if you're writing a book and it's not your first novel or it's not your first attempt at doing long form, uh, long form fiction about someone. Everything that they say, everything that your point of view character says, yes. reflects on that character. Yes, and you need to know what kind of character they are in the future in a world which is like post violence. Like the whole point of the, that her being a bodyguard is that it's not actually violence because the people attacking them it's all for, it's all a political show. Mm. It's all about getting tips. So if you're a protester and you attack one of the one of the founders or one of the funders, right? People see that. Yeah. And then you, the the people defending will get tips, but also the people who back the people who are attacking right. get, give them tips and to try and raise their level. You know, it's it's, it's all almost a like a game. It's thing. a game. It's gamesmanship. It's a battle of PR okay. and interest. And so when the, the it kicks off where that's happening, but then once someone actually does get killed, and you're like, whoa, 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 we're not meant to be killed. And one of the like one of the bodyguards is like, well, I've never seen anyone get killed before. And of course, most bodyguards <laughs> never see anyone get killed. Yeah. It's like really like random assassinations is you know isn't even common in the com in the real world. But the book is set up that we're living in like this post violence state. Mm-hmm. And even though Welga, our main character, used to work for the military intelligence, it was it was. I know it felt like the world had moved on but then at the first sign of stress we all fall back to t- wanting to kill each other in cars. Okay. Killing people, wanting to run people over and killing people in cars isn't the bad thing. If you want to make a movie about that, Mad Max, you can mm. and it can be a great movie.
1: So maybe this it is just a, a another facet of this main character that she put in to show that, oh, this character that we are following along isn't just the perfect, nice person but or something.
0: Yeah, but what I'm saying is it feels unexamined. Mm. It feels like somebody is assuming everything that... Uh, it's assuming stuff about me as the reader of the audiobook in the same way that... Canadian author who wrote Calculating Gods assumed that by making someone out to be a snob, a a judgmental snob of other people's language abilities Mm. makes us identify with him as because we're also people who read science fiction in North America or whatever it is you know
1: but but this kind of notion that did you think that um the author puts in tropes of a main character to appeal to the person reading no i don't think I she don't... is
0: doing that i think it's unexamined that's the point it doesn't feel like there's enough Thought has gone into a so lot of So there should have things. been
1: an editor looking at it saying, like, why did you put that one yeah. in? <laughs> if,
0: if I had been the editor of this book, yeah. I would have been like, all right, you've got two main characters who are, like, telling not the same story, but, like, their, their, their like sister-in-laws or something. They're okay. Like, you know, one of them's married to the brother of the other one. Mm-hmm. And it works like that dynamic works because they're like one person is very much in the center of the story and the other character is there to show like the fallout of the story. Right. You know, and yes. to be like a supporting character, m- morale, friend, character, family member um, of, of Welga, who is definitely the main character. But that's the thing. Like my, one of my main notes is like this point in this book, like either explain what it means to be someone who is happy to even joke about killing someone in a car mm. because that now has to be explained because in this book you've, you've you've posited a world where society is collapsing the the using the car as a weapon to kill people who are mildly in like to joke about killing people who are mildly uh, you know inconveniencing you at the point mm-hmm. That is either a comment about the world that you've created right now or it's a leftover thing that, hey, don't we all sometimes feel like hitting someone in our car? Right. Which is it? Yes. Because it's not it's it's not not. doing a good enough job commenting about the new world that you've just created now from the start of the book to now. This could be a moment which it doesn't do that. And that's the thing is that so many points in this book feel like it's an opportunity for the author to be making a comment on it. Right. But it's just left. But actually, it's just leftover assumptions of the book being written in 2021.
1: Okay, you know, interesting.
0: So again, there might there's probably better examples, but that was just one note that I have here, but, okay. like I say it's so much of this thing comes up in the service of the themes which I think are really good, so I want to give a trigger warning here, but only because. The trigger warning is mentioned in lots of of uh, uh, the other Goodreads reviews that I mentioned here. Okay, and that is trigger warning abortion. Some people are saying trigger warning drug use, Oops. drug addiction, and abortion. Okay, um, so I'm gonna now I'm trigger warning people that I'm gonna talk about trigger war- warnings about abortion. Okay, because the way this is addressed in this book, um, how do you even approach this the 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 question of control. Of body autom- aut- autonomy yeah. in this book, yeah, is brought up. I think fantastically, okay, and then is kind of, it, but then it makes me think. Someone had like if this felt like the core of the book to me is that Nithya, our main character.
1: It, oh, not well. Vol- Vol-
0: oh, I, there's two viewpoint characters. Yes. So let's say Nithya, the the second main the character, one. the yeah. sister. Um, has a husband. And yes. there's a, a one in a one in a hundred chance or one in a thousand chance that they that if they have sex, there's there's going to be a pregnancy. Anyway, it happens to them. Yes. She's pregnant. OK. And is like, I, I need an abortion. I want an abortion. If I need an abortion to keep my current job, I need oh, an abortion. Right. OK. Because I said before, you live in a world where you've got to keep taking these body modification drugs. Oh, I see. Keeps your brain yes. ticking over right. much quicker if you get pregnant you, you can't
1: do that and you'd you lose the job have
0: a, you can't you can't do that and have a lot of job
1: and so, in this in this case i uh, thinking about this is not a dystopia at that point the at the, the latest that you should know yeah. because having to have an abortion because to keep your job to keep like
0: no no but th- this is the thing this is the thing that i found most fascinating about this book is then the book goes on to talk way more about body autonomy in ways which aren't Related to abortion. Right. Later on there's this group called Machinehood and they are and there's also people who are called I can't remember the exact term but it's sort of like voluntary modif- body modification people okay they're people who instead of taking drugs to boost their uh, intelligence and to boost their physical abilities yeah they actually get body, body modifications in them to be able to uh, work at a higher level right and later on there's people who have like loads of stuff replaced in their body mm-hmm. that they become part machine and they also have artificial intelligences like super Siri kind of things in fact there's there's some of them called se- sentient artificial intelligences and that's sa not AIs, but sa another word called size. and there's others which are subsentient sentient um, artificial intelligence anyway if you get them implanted in you Right you and you decide to do that is that should that be allowed and it's that's also about body autonomy right also all of the workers rights kind of thing like we are saying like if you say to a to a woman Mm -hmm. like you're not allowed an abortion we are going to now load this thing onto you for the next nine months slash twenty years, whatever it, whatever it takes now mm-hmm. to go all the way through to 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 carry a baby to term, even though it's only been five weeks or something, she's sort of like, oh, I missed my period last week. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. Oh, it's a five week, you know, it's a five week uh, pregnancy, um, pregnancy, yeah, 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 you know, sort of like sub zygote. Actually, I don't don't at me, don't email me, whatever the terms are at that yeah. point. You know, certainly first it's a, it's
1: trimester. It's a thing of Yeah, so, yeah, it's yeah. still it's, it's a bunch of sales level.
0: Of if cell. at that point you say, oh no, that has to be carried all the way through to term. Yeah. And then later in the book, we're talking about workers' rights and also artificial intelligences and robots saying, like, we are being burdened with this work. We don't have a say in it. There's these lines that someone says, hey, um, are, are you a, my friend? And it's sort of like, well, I'm com- your companion. I'm your helper. Are you a slave? Well, I can't be a slave because I don't have personhood. You know, these right. these quote. I mean, again, I just noticed that quote in somebody else's review. So... The, the big ideas in this book, which made me think of by foregrounding the idea of body autonomy, women's choice to for abortion and stuff, that is all like front loaded in the book. Mm-hmm. So much so that everything that played out later, I was kind of looking at through those same eyes. Right. That felt very intentional by the author.
1: It was probably. It, it probably
0: was. But again, there's other points where I'm like, what? Which, which way are we talking? Now is this good about whatever you know? So, okay. Yeah. So I, yeah, I get it. So this is something which I found a, a fascinating example of what what the what the book is. Yes. You know, is the book equating women's reproductive rights yeah. with seventy five years in the future uh, robot rights or machinehood rights? You yeah. know, is personhood, machinehood, like yeah, I, what does all that come together to?
1: I thought. Um, when 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 you you showed the book and the cover and uh, the word machinehood, the 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 opposite word that immediately comes to my head is womanhood. It's not so much um, personhood. Is woman w- being a woman womanhood? Yeah. And and so I thought that was quite interesting. This twist on words in this now Luke is looking at the the cover of the book. Yeah, no, no,
0: that's right there and. Yeah, like but like personhood personhood, womanhood, like whatever you want to then say where the word machinehood comes from. Weirdly enough, unfortunately, the machinehood becomes like a political group. Like in in the book, it's revealed that the machinehood are a political group. And I was like, ah, I like the name of this. I like the name of this book better when it was, as you said, it was reflecting like womanhood, personhood, machinehood, more as a more universal kind of thing about body autonomy and non-slavery and the creation of a subspecies. And then how much is that subspecies? How much can that subspecies be Continuously controlled by the thing that created it. Yes. You know. Yeah. Um, however, I do have an issue with trigger warnings in this case. Okay. Mainly because I was... Personally, I wasn't triggered in the book at all mm-hmm. by the by the mention of abortion. Yes. What I was triggered by was the assumption that other people reading this book, the, the people on Goodreads who said trigger warning, abortion... Mm-hmm. I am triggered by the fact that they wanted to put a trigger warning for abortion in this, and not by the Catholic Christian husband who assumes that he has rights of control over the his his, his wife. wife's body okay. and reproductive. She says, "Oh, I'm pregnant." He says, "Great, it's great. Our our daughter is gonna get a little um, gonna get, get a brother or whatever it was like." And she was like, mm, "I'm not sure." He leaves. He's like, oh, well, fuck it. I'm out of here. Oh, he she then needs to get permission because he's from like Arizona or something. OK. And and she's not from Arizona. But the current rules in the world in the book that mm. are set up in mm-hmm. the book is that you have to have to, both mother and father, both sign a thing to both say that you're willing to it's OK for this baby to be aborted. Right. And he won't give permission there's no way she knows that he won't give permission for her oh. to get an abortion, okay. so she doesn't have to spend nine months pregnant and then have more things and so she like he the control like this kind of the male control over the woman in this case, the husband yeah. being assumed to have an equal say in what the woman wants to do yeah that was triggering from me yeah like that religious You know, power dynamic. That's the thing that was triggering me in this book. Okay, And I was and and I can't believe people say trigger warning abortion. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Trigger warning, assuming the fact like having a character just assume as the husband that him being a Catholic has any say or right over what the woman wants, especially because they were practicing birth control and they were both agreeing to practice birth control. Mm -hmm. And the birth control went wrong. Right. You know, like. So, so there's no thing. Like, that birth control went wrong. So you, whatever. Like, again, and I'm someone who... I really don't like abortion if you know what I mean like it's it's really difficult for me to even think about abortion because I do think it's wrong like wrong like in a in a a square square, scare quotes here Mm. like I've got strong feelings about it but I have even stronger feelings that it's not up to me you know that it's never up to anyone except the woman who's pregnant and anyway so that's the thing and also no trigger warnings about saying hey I'm driving a car so let's joke about about killing people because they're, you know, they're, there's a slight thing, you know, there's the, there's slightly, these people are slightly inconveniencing me. Let's joke about killing them. I'm like, yeah. well, where's the trigger warning for that? Like, where's the trigger warning for all of the other stuff in this book? But in this case, the abortion trigger warning for me is annoying because that's what the book is about. Like, I don't get trigger warnings for, for reading about, uh, you know, or for watching Mad Max and being, oh, yeah, someone got run over by a car. You yeah. Know? There's no trigger warning over that. I think... It's a weird one for me.
1: I always think that visual things mm. are more required to have trigger warnings in front of them because... Yeah. Seeing something is a different thing than yeah. reading about something where you have a sort of, you, you you are a step away from it. You're reading something, you're reading yeah. words and in fiction and in books and in science fiction and in, in any kind of, not even, not only fiction yeah. books and in, in actually like in all books, yeah. books are about Going to the edge of things. This is what I thought was good about
0: the book. And if you say trigger warning abortion, you're like trigger warning everything in the book Mm. because everything in the book is about like slavery religious control yeah. body autonomy like like if if you're trigger warning that there's a b- abortion at the start of this book also trigger warn- do trigger warnings for the other side of the abortion issue like massive amounts of control over women's bodies by their husbands yeah, so much so that the husband just leaves, just walks out on the on the on the other main character.
1: But that's like okay if he then leaves and and she then has no, she has, she has to still has, she has to, to do get a, the
0: baby. No, she has no, she doesn't do that. Yeah, of
1: course not. But like,
0: no, he <laughs> never gives permission. OK he, they never get it, no, but they live in a world where people have drug dispensers on their counters, and the sister just comes in, programmed it for her. So I was like, "Yeah, just take these pills, and she does. And yeah. then she says to her uh, husband, "Oh, yeah, I had a miscarriage," and he's like, "Hmm,
1: uh-huh. Well, you can't tell the difference, really. Yeah. No, of course you can't tell the
0: difference. But either either way, I don't want this podcast to be about this issue. But the book is about this issue. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why I'm talking about it here. And it's just annoying that the things that trigger me don't get trigger warnings. Like the things that I'm triggered by, literally the opposite side of the same issue, I get triggered by and there's no warnings about that. Anyway, I just want to go through some of the issues because I've talked about what I liked about this book so far. I just want to go through...
1: Okay. (laughs) Well, You already had... We already also talked about issues. No.
0: Some of those are just about... the the intentionality Uh, now the big issues about the book the things that really really got to me because again all of the things I've talked about so far are the themes of the book the story of the book it doesn't matter if the intention is there or it's well framed by Mm -hmm. the author S.B. Divya has put that into the book and gave me a lot to think about and all of that stuff that she gave me to think about I really enjoyed okay here's some of the stuff that I didn't enjoy Uh, some story and character issues the plot is obvious plot uh in some cases they're like hey what about this thing over here here's another thing about hint about this thing over here hinting about this thing over here and then like three chapters later they go hmm let's have a look at that thing over there I'm like yes you've been hinting at it all the way through come on where is the editor make that either like less obvious whatever and <laughs> um, also some of the uh uh some of the big um what am i trying to say the for a book that is so close to, like, this machinehood idea, mm-hmm. everything is happening at, like, two layers removed from that. The human side of this book is is dealt with really well with Nithya, who, you know, has this family issues at the start, right. whatever, like that. No problem at all. All of that side is really good. Our main character of uh, Welga is... She is great for exploring these different things because she used to be in the military and then she's a person bodyguard and then the military say, hey, we need your help again. Oh, you're close to this already. Come in. We'll pay your consultant fee. Do this. Mm -hmm. And she is good about that. It felt like I needed to have one more viewpoint character who was way closer to the machine people. Right. Those characters are revealed to be part of the book all the way through. But the the structure of the book is set up is like, ooh, who are these mysterious people? And I'm like, Well, we know who they are. Who are these mysterious people? It's like obvious it's these people over here. What's this mysterious people? Is it this thing here? I'm like, no, it's these people in space. It's obviously these people in space. And I just wanted one of those people in space to have some viewpoint uh then we like are one also- of, yeah, just yeah. for us to get and later on, like in the last three or four chapters of the book, we do get some info dumps from them. We do get their point of view of the story, but it feels way too late by that point. Okay. But well, not too late, it just feels like like, why didn't we get to this part of the story later? And then it suddenly just skips forward, fast forward as mm-hmm. well. Um, so our point of view characters aren't either aren't important enough until they are really important or close enough to the in- story until they're really in- into the story. And at some points it doesn't seem like they care enough. Like the people okay. who really care about machinehood and AIs, it's slowly revealed to over time that they really care about it. But our main characters never seem to really care. Okay. Weirdly.
1: That's interesting. They have
0: other things that they want to care about, but there's these times when they're like oh well she has to go in space to deal with these people so I'm like why are you going up in space and it's almost like they've got a laundry list to make sure like so the author putting down enough things outside like, well it makes sense that she has to go up because, because she knows the this... people she's encountered before oh also she uh, does this oh also is the besides you know besides uh, yes. this thing um on the other hand this <laughs> thing and uh, and also she needs to go into space because she's really ill and the people in space know how to heal her Oh and I'm like okay so she's so ill that she's going to die soon but then also she's the correct person to send on okay. a rocket launch into space. So I was like okay whatever you say.
1: <laughs> well that's a bit that's very construct feels constructed.
0: Another big issue uh, with the book in in terms of story and characters is at one point society collapses. Mm. And there's and it's it's the machinehood people who do it mm. and they pretty much say that they did it. There's an it's the society collapses in such a way that there's literally dead and dying people lying around in the streets, just laying around in the streets, lying, laying, whichever way it is. Horrific. Um, it's Horrific. By the end of the book, they're like, hmm, I'm sure we could come to an understanding. And we're like, wait, whoa, That but- d- it, there's some big issues about, like, forgiveness in this book. It seemed, it seemed wild that the president of the United States or whoever it is decide, hey, yeah, we can talk to these machinehood people. I'm like... This sound, it, really... this is stretching it a lot. Hmm. Um, the pacing in this book is is crazy making. Not the pacing of like how much happens in the book because mm. there's always something happening, mm-hmm. but just the pacing of like wait what happened here? There's a one point of the book where they they leave. I think they go to a port in Long Beach or no Oakland, maybe Oakland, San Francisco. They go over to they go from Phoenix and they want to get to India, Chennai in India. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, we could do this. Oh, we can't fly there. Can't do the suborbital thing. Suborbital, they can get there in like an hour and a half in a rocket, which goes boop, and lands. very fast. Or oh, they can get a plane. Oh, but all those. We need to get a boat. And I was like, hmm, doesn't seem very good. A and boat, a boat, yeah. So, and I was like, "Wait, isn't the world ending? Isn't everything going crazy? Like here, isn't this like society is collapsing and people are in a real big hurry and want to get all of this sorted? Also, you're really ill and you need to get to there to finish off to get well and like you. Mm. How much? How many drugs do you have to get you through this? She's like, "Oh, and and I suddenly they're in India and meeting up with the sister again. And I was like, "Wait, wait a second. Hey, hey, did I miss something there? How did they get, did they really take a boat? And, and I went back and I listened to that section again and it did. Yes, it said um, it took 15 days. So, you know, the, the world is collapsing. Our main character is an action hero, uh, intelligence operator. Let's go out and get there. She
1: kind of disappears in quarantine,
0: <laughs> basically. If she takes, it takes, she spends 15 days on a boat yeah. to get.
1: Everything happens in that time. It,
0: no. That takes up six minutes in the audiobook.
1: Yeah, so, but if we're in a, like such an important part of what happens in the world, what there's happens, more happening.
0: What happens in the rest of the world for 15 days as she takes a boat from San Francisco to, to somewhere, whatever the port is that they mention in India? Hmm. No, nothing... Nothing nothing, help. No, the, nothing The rest of the world it stops The rest of the world Is literally It's like And all this crazy stuff Is happening And this is happening This is happening Other intelligence agencies Are trying to do this There's a war being threatened there What's happening here 15 days on a boat wait 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 The bunk bed was kind of crowded, but we actually did have a bed. Lots of people were sleeping on the deck. Food was okay, I guess. Uh, They didn't have a pill dispenser on the thing. So I had to make I had to take one pill a day instead of three pills a day. And I was going a bit crazy or whatever like this. Okay, so then we arrived in India and, like, unpause the world. And then the world <laughs> carries I was like, whoa, that is a big... And this, literally, I was going, wait, did I just... Did I just go into a coma for, like, two hours of this audiobook when... Like, what was happening when she was spending
1: 15 days on a boat? 15 days is a long time. 15 days on a boat. Later on... What was the longest you've been continuously been on a boat? Oh, I've been doing uh, four
0: weeks, I think, five weeks, seven weeks. But no, depending it, on mean, one boat going,
1: Yeah, but going from one place to another. Um,
0: I sailed from uh, Valparaiso in, in Chile yeah. to Fiji. Right. How long was that? No, not Fiji. Um... What's what's French Polynesia? Tahiti. Tahiti. So Tahiti. And that was nine days at sea continuously. Right. I have spent longer than that at sea, but it was like Antarctica cruising, mm. and there was no there's, there's no just ports no to ports. go. So right. you you sail down from uh, or maybe that was yeah similar kind of time.
1: Yeah. And there have been things happening things in that time. Things happened you were in the world. <laughs> you were on the on ship on the
0: time that I spent nine days at sea, and that was also going across the Pacific Pacific Ocean is very big. I mean, if yeah. you go over the top, you know, like San you, you go, it's not as it's not. Other times, when you're sailing across the Atlantic, mm. you're going. Oh, so we set off from here. Oh, yeah, we pop across there, and then, then then you stop in the what in the in Iceland on the way, and then mm-hmm. you can stop over in Halifax or you know. So, and then you're down There, you're like, oh, that was pretty good. That same thing in the Pacific is just like no, just another day at sea. Yes. No, there's just no islands. There's nothing here. there. No islands here. You you're sailing from Hawaii to Fiji. Great. There's American Samoa on the way, and fuck all else. It's yes. like nothing, nothing in the way. Um. Anyway, so then the grand climax of the, I'm still talking about the pacing issues here, the grand climax of the book, she goes up to the space station. Right. She's there to solve the problems. The world is waiting for her to solve the problems. Um, The grand finale climax of the book is she has surgery. So she goes into surgery and then spends... Uh, a few days recovering and then another surgery and then she's sort of like two weeks later my surgery was really picking up and I'm like what the hell has been happening in this like there's literally two points in the book in this world cataclysmic massive politics people are wanting to invade other countries yeah at one point she's sort of like oh yeah I want the caliphate of North Africa um, to be invaded I still want that to be invaded I was like wait and there's another one of those unexamined parts of the book where is it because she's American that she says oh yeah there was this thing that happened it honestly felt like there's a, another short story written about Welga in when that in a previous i previously don't know. About. Previously I should probably look it up uh, to see like is that because it seems like it's a big deal, and then later on she's like, oh yeah, we know it's the people in space who are doing this. Mm, but it could be these dastardly people in the caliphate of uh, the, the Islamic caliphate of North Africa we should really invade them and all the Americans are like yes we should invade them and she's like we should still definitely invade them let me just pop up to space to make sure it's not these people upstairs <laughs> oh it is these people upstairs and I was like is the is the invasion going ahead I was like oh no she's in surgery and she's recovering for two weeks we just don't two uh, weeks whatever another two weeks uh, there's, there's like I say if it was just one two week gap where the world was put on pause where a main character had to do something for two weeks yeah. and be disconnected we know wow. that
1: these kind of wor- world event things like big world event things happen literally in minute, like in the in the speed of minutes or mm. hours. Mm-hmm. Like hours are important things.
0: These days it happens like this. Djokovic sends out a tweet. Hey, yeah. I've got a medical exemption. I'm going down to Australia. Boards he a takes plane. off the plane. And then it's like by the time the plane lands, like the politics of the world have changed because one... Dickhead tennis player isn't. Yeah, I mean,
1: enough. we we literally had that with this woman who who tweeted something and then oh, yeah, while she on was the on the plane, yeah, like the plane lost her, her job yeah, and everything t- went down.
0: Either way, yeah, like just flying around the world. Nothing we're with sh- two weeks okay, off. So here's here's a, a few last, last bits. So I've got like three last points here. Hmm. Um, so how is she going to solve the problem in the world problem? And she turned. It turns out she does it by talking. And that's fine. It doesn't need to be an action sequence. You don't no. have to go into space and, and shoot talking people is, or, or have a hand-to-hand is, battle. Talking is good. Hand-to-hand paddle. Um, we don't see the talk. What we do is we get her talking to somebody else and saying, I'm going to solve this by, it, by being diplomatic or by diplomatic channels. I'm going to go down and talk to the American government as kind of like a as a, a halfway person between halfway between the machine hood and United States intelligence agency who she used to work with, right. I'm going to represent you both. I'm going to go down there and I'm going to talk and I'm going to solve the problem. She goes down there. The book cuts two. Two weeks later, we no. don't get yeah. Just just no. skip over. Like, she says, I'm going to do it by talking. And I'm like, great, talking is fine. Let's see you save the world by talking. No, we skip to her sister seeing her on the news going, hey, there's my sister. Oh, she's now she's now solved all the world's problems by talking. And I like, wait, we can't just skip forward three. I think I made a note here. We skip forward three weeks and the problem is solved. You can't just say, hey, I'm going to solve this problem by talking. Let's go. Three weeks later, I solved the problem by talking. <laughs> no, like, give me, give me that. If you <laughs> don't leave that part that out. That kind
1: of feels You gave like,
0: me six minutes of being on a ship for three weeks, two that, weeks going across. That, at least give me six minutes of you solving the world's yes, problem. Yes,
1: but by doing that, the author would have to need to put the work in to then write the talking. And that is hard. Writing, yeah. diplomatic, yeah. So, problem solving, war avoiding talks. Thing. If is it was difficult. just
0: a book about someone who is an intelligence agency discovering what the problems were, problems were this book could be shrunk down from a twelve hour audiobook down to an eight hour audiobook, and they don't have to save the world in the end. They can just observe what's happening mm-hmm. or whatever. Or what her sister does can be the thing that sets around the change that saves the world. Great. There's lots of ways you could do this. But it felt like I've been presented with all these uh, things. And now let's solve the problems by talking. I've solved the problems by talking. And
1: you're like, oh,
0: if you're going to skip over three weeks, skip three over weeks. some of the previous three weeks.
1: Oh,
0: no. Um, a few last things about the book. Some weird world building errors. Um, at one point, they uh, they say, oh, and this, they've knocked out all of the communication satellites. Right. Quick question: How many communication satellites would you have to knock out to knock out all of the communication satellites? A lot, a lot. In twenty twenty two, what SpaceX has just done another launch? Oh yeah, like, they
1: launch th- another forty nine.
0: They're launching forty nine satellites at a time.
1: Yes, and they have already launched. I don't know, they used to do like 100? what fifty at a time, sixty at a time. Yeah, sixty. And they yeah.
0: and they're onto their like twentieth launch of fifty spacecraft. Anyway, whatever's happening, like. Just SpaceX, just SpaceX, and they've only completed 10% of their swarm of satellites mm. and they've already got, what, 700, 800. I don't actually, to be honest, off the top of my head, I don't it know did, how many SpaceX. No, of course not. Like, but
1: it's it's a lot of satellites. I could
0: do this. No, I'm not even going to look that.
1: And, and even like secret stuff. On top of that,
0: how many other s- s- satellites, like, okay, the ones, all of the ones in, in geostationary orbit, say okay. there's another 800 today, now, yeah, whatever, yeah. hundreds of those. Yeah. Uh, all of the other sats. Turkey uh,
1: just launched one. Turkey. Turkey just launched one. Their TurkSat.
0: You know, all of these things that we see. So just SpaceX have only got a few of their communication satellites up there. Mm. Uh, the latest ones have lasers that they can point at each other mm-hmm. and transfer data in space, whatever they're doing. Also, Amazon wants its own network of things as right. well. So does the, what is it, OneWeb or something, the British company, whatever they're doing. They've also got their, you know, internet uh, internet in space. And they're all wanting these massive constellations of thousands of satellites each. Mm. They can only get regulatory approval from the FTC or whatever it is, the FA, whatever it is who does the communications. Mm-hmm. They say, look, you can't just do a half job at this. You have to start. Lo- we're, g- we're giving you a license to do this. You have to start launching thousands of satellites within the next five years. Right. Go. And, you know, SpaceX are doing it and OneWeb Web, One Web is doing it way slower, but they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Now let's fast forward seventy-five years. How many satellites are in space?
1: Well, if it keeps going at the rate, probably what, ten thousand.
0: No, because that's how many like just SpaceX wants to put up. It's crazy. Again, okay. the 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 engineering the scale. problem. The mm. engineering problem of knocking out all, all, mm. all of them, mm-hmm. all of the communication satellites around the world mm. is. If you have the power to do that, you have the power to completely control the world. Like, right. ev- like, like. If How you, would you do that? I do, it's not explained. It's just that the machine had knocked out all high level drones, internet drones and all internet communication satellites. And it's just stated. And I was like, you know what? I just have to skip over this and accept it that we live in the world. We, okay. live, we live in a world where people can do this. Other, but meanwhile, it's so easy to launch stuff that people belong to a rocket club and the rocket club can launch rockets into space.
1: Mm. Like, so like uh, the, the rocket club of Wildau. Yeah,
0: the rocket club. <laughs> it's the rocket club of Chennai. And I think there's the Phoenix rocket club at one point. They're like, oh, yeah, just put me on your rocket club. Like the rocket club can get me up into orbit. And I'm like, OK, so we live in the world where a rocket club can launch people into into orbit mm-hmm. to get up to space stations mm-hmm. and yet somebody else has the capability of knocking out all and I meant to say all every, all of <laughs> all of the satellite all of the communication satellites in orbit and I was like okay maybe I'm just misreading this book maybe I just again blacked out for six minutes or whatever it was when they're explaining what technology that they have to right. knock out all... Of, and then there's other things as well, like, oh, we're going to launch to this space station. There's a 30-minute launch window to launch to a space station. I'm like, no, there isn't. There is no 30-minute launch window to reach a space station. Because either you launch within three seconds or you don't have the fuel to get there. That's literally how it works, you know? Okay, it's fine. I made the same mistake in my book Minding Tomorrow because they're like, oh, we can just launch whenever. But that was more of like the rocket's ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> we can just, we don't need to count down 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, Are you ready? You're ready? Go. Let's go. You know, yeah. it's more of that kind of thing. Yeah. But there is no world in which, at one point they're like, right, you've got to get up into space. Sit in this wooden box, this wooden case, and we'll launch you up to this space station. I was like, my my brain was exploding that they thought...
1: just wooden Yeah, thing?
0: just get into this wooden box. You're half dead, but take these pills and you'll be able to survive the forces to get into space in this wooden box, you know? What? And then at the, when they're in space, they're like, oh, the spaceship is moving, like, we, it, is moving at 1.5 kilometers per second. And I'm like, that's not the speed of anything in orbit. Hmm. If you're going at 1.5 kilometers per second, you're going like... I don't know. I don't. That's still very, very fast. But t- to be just to stay in orbit, orbit, don't you have to get to like 8, eight, uh, eight, thousand, uh, eight kilometers per second? I know. Whatever this, it is. In
1: this kind of stuff, I have always. I need to trust the author it, that they did the research because they didn't I don't. do the
0: research. Okay. They didn't. It's like someone just didn't do the research. It reminded me of the book. What was it? The Last Astronaut, where they're like, and they fired the rockets to stay stationary in space. You're like, no, that's not. How it works. <laughs> Full thrust ahead to do what? Just to stay here next to this thing that isn't thrusting. Mm, yeah, let's see how that works. So there's all these weird world building errors, which I'm like, either the world, it just there's just different rules of, of physics in the world, or there's different technologies that people can have a rocket club to launch people into space, but then. In a wooden s- box? in a in, and you put somebody in a wooden case to launch them into space you're like no things are going to it's so difficult to get into space that you can't just say somebody some local rocket club can get you into orbit because mm. it takes entire nation states like maybe in 70 years, years maybe but it didn't feel it just felt not it Not just, cohesive. It just didn't feel cohesive. Yeah. Like the world building at one point sort of like, yeah, this exists, but also this exists. And I'm like, eh. either something is difficult to do or it's hard to do. The rules of the world make the drama makes sense. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you're living in a fantasy world, like we just watched that first Wheel of Time yesterday, yeah. and we're like, all right, so there's some monsters turn up. How do you defeat them? Turns out by doing some hand motions, and then they all explode. But not all of them explode. And I'm like, why didn't you explode all of the monsters <laughs> with these other monsters that turned up? Why didn't you just explode them while you exploded this? Like, it's it's one of those things that, I mean, that's just bad television making. Yeah. That's not, the yeah, yeah. I'm not no, saying anything it's... about the, the book Wheel of Time. But, but
1: yeah, if, 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 if there's magic, and you can do one thing, yeah. you should also be able to do No, it's not that it's
0: magic. You should do one thing or the other thing. It's fine if you want to put artificial limits on it. But when when I'm like, is this really clunky world building or is there some stuff in... What's going on in the author's head Hmm. to make this dramatic that they have to get into space, they have to take... They can't do it from the United States. So they literally have to take a (laughs) two-week boat journey to India to be able to fly up into space. And I'm like that. And that's the issue. If it's so easy to get into space, why does she have to take a two week boat ride where nothing happens to get to someone who can then launch her into space on a local rocket club? I thought she
1: just went to the Phoenix Rocket Club and got to space.
0: Uh, That was one of the ideas, but she was turned away.
1: uh, No, was it the Phoenix Rock?
0: Anyway, it doesn't matter. I finished this book a week ago. (laughs) Okay. I'm just saying a little bit incoherent. Mm. We've just gone an hour on this book. So let's wrap it up to saying
1: it's interesting I just want to put this out here because I did also listen to our friend's uh, podcast about this book. Yeah. And nothing, (laughs) nothing like that. Yeah, he gave
0: it five stars. Uh, Lots of people, people, let me say, lots of people are giving this book four and five stars. That I'm going to give it like two and a half stars isn't a knock on the people who... All the other stuff didn't get in the way of. Right. Their, their, yep. They were triggered by other things. They're reading was a they different They think it's totally approach. fine for someone to get on a boat and six minutes later and two weeks later, like six minutes of audiobook and two weeks of plot <laughs> later, they get off the boat and nothing has happened or the world hasn't changed. If you can overlook that, that's fine. Look Un- cut. Unfortunately, it's really difficult for me to overlook that. Yeah. And it's just one of those books because it's like this, people say it's a near future book. I'm like, a book set in 90, 2095 can't be a near future book. Now I read it, I'm like, oh, yeah, it is a near future book because it relies on so many of the assumptions of our current world being unexamined and unchanged. Right. Do you understand
1: what I mean yeah, about yeah, yeah. that? Yeah, yeah like, you need if you write a book like that, you would need to take our society and literally think through all the things mm, that will happen within mm, this time frame, yeah. and you have to make it from our starting point. But it's, point. Too, but it's
0: we, in some ways it's super advanced and super not near future. But yeah. in other words, like by the spirit of the book, is it turns out it is a near future book, right? But a lot of the world building isn't. But then the assumptions still are. Yes, and I mean I think the, really just, with near future always means that okay most of the assumptions. Start the say Stay mm-hmm. the same But like Three new technological things
1: And nothing else
0: And nothing else So we can We can We can feel familiar In the world Using mm. our current Thinking Because you, know?
1: you also said She was in a car Like so Cars still drive around Oh
0: no 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 Because there's All the Satellites have been Knocked out And so the, all the Autonomous stuff Isn't working So right. she has to get Into an old vehicle Oh I see And that's the thing It doesn't That didn't make sense To me That all of the Current Uh Ways of thinking about driving and right. road rage. Yeah. If there's autonomous vehicles everywhere and you've never had to properly drive, yeah. why would you have the uh, glib Cara's weapon jokiness about yeah. it? Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You understand? Yeah, because you it never experienced felt, it. It felt near future from all the uh, unexamined assumptions that the world is the same, except for these few things. Yes. And
1: people would certainly think different yeah. at that
0: point. Like you're going into space and you put someone in a packing box. Why is the packing box wood? There is no world building around there, except if you want now if you want to stow away in something, you get put in a wooden packing case. You know? Okay, like, yeah. It, it's, like I say, so much about the book is incoherent. Yeah. But yet there's so much, because it's this first novel thing of throw everything in the book, so, there's so much good, good stuff in the book. <laughs> but also the pacing is off, the character work is off, just the storytelling is all over the place it's it's a, a first novel in all the best ways and a first novel in all the worst ways
1: okay of course reading
0: it and then as i said thinking about my own about my own writing like yeah. my my own first novel yeah. where the, all of the attempts at the start were like wow there's like a long time span where nothing happens. Yeah. How am I? And it's really important yeah, that you need nothing to happens. It. No, what I'm saying is, it took me four different aborted attempts at writing the novel before I worked out how to make a book where one of the most important things that happens in the book is a long time span where nothing happens.
1: Yes, but you thought about it, and it's and I came part up with of- a solution. Yes, exactly.
0: And but and also some of the other first novel writing things I also know are in that book. You know. Yeah. Um. But in this book is is a is a is a trickiness. But again, I haven't said everything that I like about this book because there's a lot more in this book that I do like. I certainly haven't said everything that annoyed me about the book. Uh, but that because there's a lot more about me annoying me in the book. But I'm saying it's one of those books where the first the first novelness of it. Mm-hmm. Of a new author who's got lots of ideas, but also doesn't know how to structure a plot correctly mm-hmm. and write ca- ca- and 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 doesn't understand what when they're putting things in their characters' mind and b- brain. Everything means something. Everything means something. Yes. Like they they have those things haven't matched up. Mm-hmm. A few authors can get that correct with their first novel, and when they do, it's amazing. S. What's her name? S. B. Diviet. S. Diviet. Uh, I clicked back off the book. No, forward. Need to go forward um sb divya yes it is sb divya uh doesn't do it but it's like this perfect balance between first novel and writing errors and world building errors plus all the good things that i want from a first novel i'll put in so that's why it's two and a half stars
1: okay cool because
0: it's not terrible right also it's not good
1: okay should i read it
0: no okay (laughs) it's not worth reading okay you have to bring a lot to this book for you to, for, to enjoy it. But, like I say, uh, look at this. Check it out. Like, it's a 3.72 overall. Not bad. So, mm, just remember what the scale uh, is. The scale is 3.6 to 4.0, okay? Yeah. In, in, that's the scale. Okay. That's the scale. And this is a 3.72. So, it's not great. Um, friend reviews, in other words, BRP listeners, gave it a 4.14. So, it's slightly higher uh, reviewed. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's, it's only like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 people. And most people rated it of those rated it three or three, four and five stars. Well, of course they did. Yeah. So yeah, if I was having to round this up to either or down to either two stars or three stars on Goodreads. Right. Personally, I would round down because I wouldn't recommend this book. Okay. But I'm going to give it two and a half stars. But I think there's too many issues with this book. But it makes me want to hopefully S.B. Divya. Yeah, S.B. Divya. Hopefully she has enough other good ideas to put in her next book. Right. And her next book is better. Weirdly, I'm much more excited for her next book than I am for other books whose authors, uh, sorry, other authors whose first books I gave five stars. Really good, yeah. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like some people, five stars and then their books really tail off. It feels like to me S.B. Divya could just do slightly better and maybe have a slightly edited better book. And I'd definitely give her another chance and probably enjoy a later book more if she gets better. Because it feels like her uh, writing skill could improve Mm. to catch up with other stuff rather than her getting lucky with an amazing first book. I don't know if that's the case or not, but either way. Okay. Let's wrap it up there. All right. Thank you very much to all our listeners and all our Patreon supporters. It's a new year. You get a new juggling podcast. Yeah, again, a lot of the stuff that I put out for Patreon supporters is, is juggling. If you want to check out the latest stuff that I did, the Top 40 <laughs> Jugglers, we did a live stream about that. The Big Tricks list out is out as well. I, I published one last year. If you want to see some of some the craziest, craziest jugglers. And I just found another clip of Masahiro Takahashi equaling one of the tricks that made it in the list last year oh
1: no really yeah, yeah. you know oh.
0: anthony gatto and vova kalchenko both did a seven up pirouette yeah. with seven clubs and then carried on for more than 14 catches yes spencer Androli made the list last year with that same trick masahiro takahashi did it also last year
1: all right just, a, he's, he's, an just amazing, good. He's, he's just that he's just the, the current uh, yeah he, he made God. the list
0: twice with two of the tricks he could have made the list three times yeah. but anyway okay either way juggling stuff uh, is always coming out from me. But if you want to even support our science fiction book review podcast, it's really cool actually because like um just with the science fiction book review podcast supporters on patreon.com. Yeah, patreon.com forward slash Burge it allows us to just be like, hey, should we read this book? Yes. And just yeah. buy it. And okay. hey, should we watch this movie to be able to review it? Yes, let's do it. Yes. We're gonna do a we're gonna do a podcast about the Matrix um, when, once we can watch the new Matrix. Yes, um, we
1: we watched all the other three. Yes, before, I watched. I watched the third movie yeah, for the first time. No, we
0: did. We did the, the Matrix trilogy and the Animatrix, the oh, animated yeah, 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 uh, compilation, uh, a short story compilation movie. So yes. we even, I've never seen that one before. But so we watched that one. So look out for a Matrix uh, quintilogy um podcast which matrix will come universe at, Ma- matrix will we'll do that once the once it's on streaming because it's right. not streaming yet we're not with omicron we're not going to the cinema no
1: um yeah anything else you want to say um no i think i think that's it that's it have a, a very healthy happy new year 2022 yes. too many twos in w- it
0: with 222 two, 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 20, two,
1: two, two, two. um so that's it from us thanks a lot and we'll catch you next time goodbye